What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 37 of Stick to Football. I'm Matt Miller, joined as always by my buddy Connor Rogers. And dude, we have loaded show. Not only is the NFL season ending, which is means it's more draft season for everyone else, it, it has always been for us. But we've got some bowl games, got some coaches maybe leaving, maybe being fired. It's it's kind of chaos in the NFL right now. And I think our goal is to be like one stop shop for everything not football related like not x's nose it's to be like free agency trades the draft all that all the good stuff that's exactly right i mean everything's coming full circle now because we have the bowl games underway obviously the biggest one so far was oregon boise state where boise state came out on top but you know a potential showcase for a guy that could be in the top quarterback running that's next year Wait, that's your guy and justin herbert um you know it's going to be really cool today because we're we, ha- we got to uh we're going to have on marshawn Lattimore. Who I think great player, yeah, great player. Probably gonna be a, a lock to win defensive rookie of the year. Should be, yeah. And looks pretty good against my New York Jets this week. Had weekend. a pick, yeah. So I mean, now when you play Bryce Petty, uh, they yeah. all count the same, right? I, they, yeah, <laughs> they don't put an asterisk in your stats to say, oh, one of these picks was against Bryce Petty. Yeah, no, we're gonna have Marshawn on. Uh, we're gonna do draft on draft, uh, and I, let's kick it off like we always do. Let's go around the league. And when I typed up the rundown, the biggest news in our world, was Adam Schefter reported yesterday morning that Marvin Lewis is going to leave the Bengals and kind of pursue other opportunities. So this meshes with things that we've heard all year, you and I, and we've actually talked about it on the show throughout, was uh, there's a lot of belief out there that Marvin's either going to retire or go try to be a GM somewhere and that Hugh Jackson would take his place. But now the Browns are saying they're not going to fire Hugh Jackson. They're going to keep him for next year. It could become chaos with the the Ohio NFL teams as far as who's going where. But what is your like first thought on that? Like good news, bad news for the Bengals. This guy's been there like fifteen years. I think it's interesting. I think it's time for a change. I think Marvin Lewis did a lot of good for the Bengals. That kind of goes unnoticed because of the playoff failures. Yeah, they I were. Don't, they were shit. They were a there. horrendous franchise before he got there, and. The Bengals have, you know, had a reputation for taking on players with some character concerns, but they have had some really nice seasons under Marvin Lewis. I think my big question when now looking ahead at the future is with him, you know, is he a guy that can take over in a personnel department? How big of a hand did he have in building uh, yeah, the Bengals? A big hand because, you know, Mike Brown, the owner there, they don't really have a true GM. They have Duke Tobin, who's kind of a player personnel guy, but... I think that is going to be what's interesting is him being able to point to that record and say, when I took over the Bengals, they were they were like the Browns right now. I mean, they were like just historically bad, no hope in sight, and had some good runs going back to having Carson Palmer and Chad Johnson and and all those guys, you know, Corey Dillon, and then changing it over and rebuilding a team with Andy Dalton, you know, with the younger guys they have with A.J. Green. So I, I think he can at least point to that and say, okay, I have some success here. I think that's a really interesting job. If Hugh Jackson doesn't either let go of Cleveland or like somehow get traded to Cleveland, I, I think that could be a really interesting job open up. That I, I think there are some things to work with there. I know everybody likes to shit on Andy Dalton, but he can win ball games if he has help. If he has a good defense, if he has a good offensive line, they are going to have some holes to fill. I think they have to figure out if these two young tackles are any good. But right now, they would have the number eight pick in the draft as of this morning. So they they have they have draft capital. They they have the ability to go get a top tier player here. Yeah, I don't think it's a a job that you're looking at and you're saying I want nothing to do with it right now. I, yeah, I definitely no. don't think that. I think when it's going to get interesting because we had heard for so long that you know everyone expected Hugh Jackson to get fired, and like you yeah. said. You know, a lot of people were starting to say, hey, maybe return to Cincinnati, not as the offensive coordinator, but potentially as a head coach, a guy that can go in and get the most out of Andy Dalton, who I think it's fair to say they're going to ride this thing out with Andy Dalton next year, right? I don't think they're going to cut ties this year. I don't think so. Yeah. I think you wait and see. And the A.J. McCarron situation is interesting because he's actually filed a grievance that says that he should be a free agent now instead of after next year because he was on IR as a rookie. So they're trying to figure out if that counts. It'll be interesting like to see if he, if he wins that, it kind of changes the dynamic once again of what could be a nice free agent quarterback group. And yeah. I'm no A.J. McCarron fan, but I definitely think you could do worse in terms of, you know, if 
the free agent quarterback class is always really bad, and I think this year there are going to be some guys. We got to see Teddy finally step back on the field yesterday. Teddy could be a part of that yeah. free agent class. Uh, you know, we saw an interesting article yesterday from Anish Mehta saying that he could be a bridge guy for the New York Jets. I think it, you wouldn't want to rule out teams like Denver and Jacksonville, although when you look at Jacksonville right now, one thing that I need to – I feel like I need answered or I would want answered if I was them by the end of the year is – is this who Blake Bortles is becoming, or is oh, he man. just on a hot stretch right now? What do you do if you're Jacksonville heading into next year where, and we're going to talk about this in depth, how they have built a dominant defense through the draft. Yeah. But do you trust Blake Bortles? Is the postseason going to dictate what they do in the offseason? I think it does. I mean, he's under contract for another year. So that's the good news, is they did pick up the option on him. So you have him for one more year. And I think you do have to write it out and see. The question is, man, do you draft someone to compete? Or do you sign someone, but then you always yeah. have that lingering over your shoulder? Because the, there are options that make sense to me as players you would sign. Now, if you go sign someone like Tyrod or Teddy, I think the pressure becomes where every time Bortles has a bad game, yeah, those guys. Would Which he had some earlier this year. He you could argue did. this team would not be where they are right now if it weren't for him. So if he had struggled early and you say, ah, oh, shit, same old guy, let's pull the rug out from under him, you're probably not where you are right now. But now, looking at this roster for why this team is so good, I think so- something you and I talked about, because you've been in New York all weekend, and we watched the games yesterday, and you said, the Jags have really built something through the draft. Yeah. And you look at it, they just haven't missed. And you can say, okay, they missed on Luke Jokel. That was that was five years ago. Or they, okay, well, they missed on Bortles. Well, the last couple of weeks, it hasn't looked like they did. You know, so, but I mean, look at their early picks. Um, Jalen Ramsey, stud. Uh, Dante Fowler has come on as a good situational pass rusher. So probably still a reach based on taking him at three overall, but has been a good player. Miles Jack, stud. Um, you, you can look at uh, Ngakwe in the third round. He's been a stud. And Leonard Fournette, stud. They have that huge cast of wide receivers. Those guys are all playing great. Cam Robinson, a left tackle, Cam Robinson. playing great. And in free agency, they've been aggressive and they've spent money. Calais Campbell might be de- the defensive player of the year. Yeah, 14 and a half sacks yeah, now. AJ yeah. Boyd's been great. Barry Church uh, has been an enforcer in the secondary and really you know, helped a young group. I, they just, they're just not missing. When you want to flip the culture of a team, this is how you do it. This is a defensive oh, yeah. attitude. I think this is what, I just think the way they've changed the culture of this team. And 2016 is the perfect example of hitting on your first, second, and third round picks and just flipping a defense so fast. Oh, because yeah. Ramsey, Jack, and Ngakwe are excellent players. I mean, excellent players yeah. that have completely changed the defense. And that's one draft. In one draft. Yeah. And you can, that's why I always say you can flip things. In, it does take more oh, than can. one draft, but that's an example of, wow. You can turn it around. They just hit it out of the park. And I, I don't know how far this team will go in the postseason this year. I think it's going to be really interesting because right now they, they're playing great, and Bortles has been great. The defense is just forcing turnovers, getting pressure on the quarterback. I don't know. I'm very curious to see how far they can go with a Blake Bortles-led team. And yeah, I think some yeah. of it will be matchup related. Like if they get, um, shoot, I don't even know, in the first round, you know, who would they, they potentially get a wild card team like Baltimore? I like Jacksonville over Baltimore in that game. Yeah, Buffalo maybe. Buffalo maybe, yeah. Or uh, Tennessee um, is a likely team as well. So I, I like Jacksonville in all those matchups. So we could see them if they don't get a bye, which is still a possibility. I can't believe we're saying that. The Jags have 10 wins and they might be able to get a bye in the playoffs. Uh, it, it's all still very possible. Yeah. Especially if they went out, but I, I and this wasn't on our our script. Uh, I there are a couple other teams that I see that are kind of like the way they're building reminds me of this. I like your Jets are one of them because of what they did last year with Jamal Adams and Marcus May. Yep, saying like okay, these might not be our biggest needs, but let's just go change the culture and like get some young, hungry players. That it reminds me of that. Um, it just tough defenses, tough young defenses. Um, and then I would have said the Rams, but they're so good right now that it's they're not even rebuilding. They're there. 
No, the defense is somehow gone underrated for quite some time. Aaron Donald is just an absolute freak show. and I think he's the best defender in the NFL. I would completely agree with you. And talk about a good time to do it because you want to talk about free agency. This guy's going to get a lot of money. Oh, my God. And and hopefully now they have people in place who appreciate him and will pay him. It, it always felt like before it was like, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll get it done. We'll get it done. Yeah, you have a franchise player yes. who shows up every day and goes to work and is a dominant player on Sundays. Yeah, I mean, and what he did yesterday in Seattle, like Russell Wilson, I think, is one of the hardest guys in the NFL to sack. I, I know his offensive line shit, but yeah, Donald is going to be interesting. He's under contract for one more year. Um, he did hold out. Was that, that was this year, right? He yeah, held this out. year for a little bit. Um, yeah, they're going to I mean, three, sa- three sacks and a forced fumble yesterday against Russell Wilson. He's a $10 million a year guy, hands down. Oh, I, I mean, you look at, I'll tell you what, Mo Wilkerson sitting on what fifteen million this year? Yeah, I think Donald is going to ask for I think eighteen to twenty mil per year. Wow. Yeah, I'll say five year, hundred fifteen million dollar deal for Aaron Ooh. Donald. Yeah. Damn. I I really think he, <laughs> I know it's crazy. That's like so he, he like, gets and can sue money. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's I mean. Sure. Oh, shit. Fletcher Cox got a hundred, hundred and two million. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna pass a hundred mil easily. JJ Watt got a hundred mil. Marcel Darius got ninety six, which is wild. And that goes back to Jacksonville again. But wow, I mean, I, Darren Donald's gonna get paid, and I think we've talked about this with the Rams. It, you know, they got Ogletree done. Donald's going to get paid a lot of money. It's too bad they didn't get it done this summer because he just keeps increasing his value. Good for him. Good for him. I love that when a guy goes out and gets it done. It's probably going to force them to have Tremaine Johnson walk, but this is a team that they can draft Yeah, I think he's going to get paid. He's probably going to end up the highest paid corner. Probably, and he. I know this is weird to say, but like when you're, he's going to be 28 in the first year of that contract. How many corners have we seen fall off a cliff by 30? Most. I think that's the line. Yeah, so I understand the decision here. If it's made, oh, yeah. to let him walk and try to replace it. They are right up against the cap. They have five million right now. That's and I don't know how much they can carry over. You know, that's going to get always confusing. You know, are they going to try to just franchise? He can't play under the franchise tag next year. No, not again. You got to go get your money. Got to go. Get it's going to be a fun off season because I. I um, I don't know if you read it this morning. Mike Silver had a great piece on NFL.com about how the Seahawks are basically going to blow it up on defense. Like Cam Chancellor's. Either going to retire or be gone. Wow. Uh, Michael Bennett is gone. Cliff Avril is either going to retire or be gone. Uh, he even floats that Richard Sherman won't be back, and he mentions that Earl Thomas might be traded. The the writing on the wall for Sherman's yeah, they tried to trade him. going on for a while. Yeah, I, I'm fa- Seattle's one of the more in the world. Me and Matt live in where everything's off season and team building. Seattle is one of the more under the radar stories of the league this year. Oh yeah. Because from a coaching standpoint, not Pete Carroll, but offensive staff, yeah, it, it's got to get it's got to get blown up. I heard, I talked to someone last week, and it was just like a <clears throat> they weren't like you know like hey you should report this. It was just we we're just bullshitting, and they were like you know it would surprise me if Pete just walked away. Oh, he's sneaky, he's sixty six. He's sneaky old. I say this yeah. all the time because he doesn't look that old. Right, must be nice. Is he the oldest coach in the league? Yeah, he is. He's a little bit older than Belichick. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So, so it wouldn't be. I mean. He has money. He doesn't need it. No. And he, I mean, he's got a ring. I would just go back to USC. Yeah, he's a year older than Belichick. Yeah. <laughs> so let me con- go back. Convince Donald to stay. Yeah. I mean, it, Seattle's fascinating because it, Pete walking away, that's really interesting because that's something we have not talked about. Also, in terms of just player turnover, you look at Chancellor next year. Chancellor's interesting because he will be 30 next year, but he would have $7.5 million of dead money if they cut him. So he's, he's you almost yeah. can't, you can't cut him. I think you almost have to hope that, and I hate to use that phrase. He would have to be a post-June 1st designation. Yeah. You you kind of hope that he retires if that's the case. You do, because then you, you can make him a post-June 1st designation, yeah. and then that's $2.5 in dead money, which is way better. Oh, that's not bad. But there's, like you said, this is more than a Cam Chancellor thing. There's so many right. pieces they need to solve. And, and Silver's piece did a great job of basically saying, listen, we... You build this around Bobby Wagner and around Russell Wilson, and you go. And that's it. Those are your pieces. You got a top, to me, he's a top five quarterback in the league, Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think so. They have $1.7 million in cap space. 
Yeah. We're How gonna... do the Dolphins have $240,000? That's it. They have like a doctor in cap space. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> and the Giants, this is fucking insane. They are negative 336,000. Oh, the New York Giants are goddamn Their cap bad. is just unreal. They're going to get the right people in there to get it done. But let me tell you something. The New York Giants are fucking, they got, they're going to be, you remember how last year the Jets just blew it up? They yeah. just cut everyone that. That's what the Giants are going to have to do. The Giants and see, I mean, Seattle, maybe not. They might try to ride it out one more year. We'll see. The Giants are probably going to have to do that where they just cut everyone. Man. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, you got to, Manning's cap is. Yeah. But I mean, Brandon Marshall gone. Yeah. That's how many grudges Cromartie. Janoris Jenkins. That's going to be an interesting one. I would pay that man if he came available. Uh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? But yeah. I mean, it. this to me is why this year will be one of the most intriguing free agent classes. I think so, too. I love the free agent class this year so much more than the draft class in terms of how it is. Oh, yeah, it is. it's more fun. There's way more, more intrigue. I mean, we've talked about it before. There's like five really five to six really good players in this draft class, and then after that it gets kind of yep. dicey. Free agency, you can, like, it's almost like playing Madden this year. Yes. We're going to go into next buy a team. We're going to go in next year and be like, whoa. And you what have teams team like this? the Browns and Niners are going to have $100 million, The Jets are going to have $80 million. Yep. The, You know, it's, there's going to be a lot of teams that are willing to spend. Uh, speaking of the Browns, I, I was sitting there last night working, and, you know, like, you're always aware in this job of, like, oh, what a team's record is and yada, yada, yada. And I, this happens to me every year. You have that moment where you step back, and you're like, oh, shit, the season's almost over. Like, there's only two weeks left. And then I realized that the Browns are 0-14. We have to have a real conversation about they might go winless. They, yeah. They have the Bears next week and then uh, sh- good radio. Steelers. The Steelers. And the Steelers, because they lost last night, probably aren't resting anyone. Exactly. They're going to be going to win that game. They could go winless. I mean, very, very easily. And I, I love everyone on Twitter is like, uh, this was the plan. Like, this was Sashi's plan. I can guarantee you his plan was not to win zero games. No, you have to show improvement. You don't regress right. from one win. If you regress <laughs> in one a win. one fucking win season, is you know how hard that is to do? It's insane. Yeah. It's they yeah. regress from a one win season. And what do you think of Dorsey coming out and saying they didn't I get fucking love it. real play? And I love Isaiah it. Crowell agreeing. Yes. So if you missed it, just to clarify, Dorsey came out and said, I don't think the previous regime got real players. And he was defending Hugh Jackson. Yeah. That's how somebody was like, what do you think of Hugh Jackson only having one win? And he was like, I think the last guys here didn't get him any real players. (laughs) But does that tell you that there's going to be a mass exodus and turnover of what's on this Browns roster now? Because what I notice is, and I'm not saying one side's right, one side's wrong. Although I do, I'll tell you where I stand. I think Twitter and fans think that Sashi Brown had good drafts. Yes. The NFL and media, including you and me, completely disagree. Completely disagree. I thought there was some good players. Miles yes. Garrett's a good football player. And I, I think sometimes I've had people do this to me. They said, well, they drafted six of your top 100 players. Okay, but that's not how you build a team. But you cannot build a team by just drafting. And I know that might sound idiotic. No, you have to but fit you your, can't. your and team. And your quarterback can't be an afterthought every year. So it doesn't matter if you drafted six of my top 100 players. It's where they fit, how they fit together, what kind of culture are you building, and the fact that you keep trading out of quarterbacks. Like That's ultimately why they were fired, because they were afraid to draft a quarterback, and it was this chicken shit style of drafting of, let's just like take all these guys in the second, third, fourth round, and maybe we'll hit on one, instead of putting your nuts on the table and saying, we're going to take a quarterback, goddammit, and th- he's going to be the identity of our team, which is what you have to do. Exactly. The NFL, when you're building a team, you know, in a way, is almost putting together a puzzle. Like, each player is a different shape and has to mesh together with other players. You don't just take uh, random puzzle pieces and just throw them on the board and say, maybe this will work. And the quarterback is the centerpiece that you mold everything around. And the Browns just continued to ignore that. And it almost felt like taking Deshaun Kaiser in the middle of round two or really towards the back end of it, was like a, okay, well, we're going to try this, and maybe it'll work right. out. Pick 52, it was almost like, and, oh. And not only have you failed the coach, but you also failed Deshaun Kaiser, because Kaiser was raw and wasn't ready to be in the league and needed a 
trying to think of the best scenario. He needed a Pat Mahomes scenario. Yeah. He really did. He needed a year on the bench behind a veteran. He's a young, young player with upside, but is very raw. And you threw him into the one of the worst situations in NFL history. My conspiracy theory on this, and I, I'm completely making this up. I've not heard this from anyone. Okay, is that Hugh Jackson played Kaiser all year to get Sashi fired? Oh, I wouldn't be the the hatred apparently between yeah. that relationship. To just be like, oh, this is what you're gonna give me. Watch this. Oh yeah, like, and I, the way he handled it. I mean, when he, they played the Jets and they throw Kevin Hogan out there, then they right. start Kaiser, they bench Kaiser. I mean... It's going to be crazy. The good news is John Dorsey will turn this around. I, I, I firmly believe that. I do too. It, it is going to be a teardown, but like you were just saying, you can't get any worse. The good news is you literally can't get worse. You can only get better unless you lose all four of your preseason games next year and right. then go 0-16. I wonder what their preseason record was. I think they won two games. That's amazing. Amazing. They still haven't won on a Sunday in like three years. I saw, do you see the tweet where it's like three Star Wars movies have been released since the last time the Browns won a game? Oh, you're going to love this. The Browns were undefeated this preseason. Of course they were. <laughs> they're the Lions. All that young all, talent. They're the Lions all over again when the Lions yeah. won 4-0 in the preseason. 2008? I didn't even, that's unbelievable. Wow. Okay, before we take our first break, um, how good's my quarterback, man? I I love Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo is, I tweeted it last night. I was excited. I was throwing F-bombs around on Twitter. He's my new favorite player. He's one of mine. He's he's unreal. He's so poised. He's poised. He's a natural. Yeah. he's an, Me and you were sitting there yesterday, and the draft fans are like this. We said, there's guys you watch play, and the game looks natural to them. You never know how the mental side of things will check out, how toughness yeah. will check out. Guys that just look natural throwing the ball and with their release and their mechanics, Jimmy G, and then, you know, years later we saw with a prospect with Jared Goff, and now we see it with Rosen. Yes. It doesn't mean they're the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen, but everything looks so smooth and natural. Jimmy had years to learn in New England, and it's just all coming together. I was so wrong about him, by the way. What was your... I had him, like, late second, but the guys I had ahead of him were... It's embarrassing. I think I had Mettenberger ahead of him. I had Aaron Murray ahead of him. Well, at least bad. you're owning it. It was bad. I And I saw him at the Senior Bowl and I actually really liked him, but it was like, I mean, he's not very big. He's like 6'2", yep. uh, like 220. And it was like, okay, well, and he's not really athletic. And he looks more athletic now. Like, he looks like he can actually move around back there. I was so wrong. I also didn't know he was going to go to New England for four years. But I, I, that, <laughs> I think, this is my take next year. Maybe I'm getting way too too crazy. I think at least maybe not next year or the year, but definitely the year after that. I think with Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G will be a top eight quarterback. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I'm pretty comfortable saying that. I think he fits the system perfectly. I think he's just a very very good player. The Niners look like a completely different rejuvenated team. When you're a first year front office and coaching staff. This is the momentum you want. You want to end off what was an awful start to the year with now you have a franchise quarterback. You've won four straight games. And you're winning every week. And you're beating playoff teams. Yes. And yeah. we get to see them against Jacksonville next week. Oh, God. It's going to be a tough game. It's, gonna, it's one of the best games of the NFL season, I would argue. And Who the hell would have thought that? Jacksonville has to go. Jacksonville has to go to San Francisco on I, Christmas I Eve. I think Jacksonville wins. Really? Just because the Niners' defense is so beat up right now. Ruben Foster got hurt like three times yesterday. I'm terrified of that. I'm a little nervous of the Niners or anyone protecting their quarterback against Jacksonville. Right? That The Niners' interior offensive line is so bad. And Jacksonville is just a... They're monsters yes. up front. Absolutely. But I'm excited. Everyone keeps asking me. How, like, oh, you, you... Somebody asked us this morning. You excited about the Niners? Yes, I am. And we're also going to draft Saquon. I say, how could you not be excited right now? Watch the Niners go out and get Saquon Barkley or Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Or Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson I mean, great. I know everyone's going to go guard in the top 12 or whatever. Like, I couldn't think of a better fit. If they win out, they might be picking in that 10, 11, 12 range. Oh, he's a great fit. They, it's a need. Yeah. He's Put a top five to player Joe in the Staley. draft. I'd be Done. happy. I know everyone's like, what about Minka? I actually like their safeties. I like Tart and Colbert's played well. Yeah. Reed is a free agent. Jimmy Ward's, I don't think Jimmy Ward's that good. I don't he's think he's kind a, of a, a just piece. a guy. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, at, at pick number five, the Niners are going to have options. I I don't think they'll be picking there. I think it'll be like eight nine. I think they they could win out and be yeah. Or if they don't, even if they just win one more game. Yeah, they're five. They'd be five he, and eleven. Here's my thing, and I could be wrong here. I know that their schedule is really tough because they got Jacksonville and the Rams. Yeah, are the Rams going to be resting people the last week of the season? As of now, they wouldn't be. They wouldn't be right because, because the Eagles and the Vikings have the bye right now, and the Saints are right in there too. Yeah, I mean the Rams have pretty much locked up that division though. Because I my thing is they might not be playing for the bye. But they might not be playing to keep the lead of the division. Right. They have the division, I think. So they might be resting people to, you know, take a break before you have to play week one of the playoffs. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. The draft is the draft order is actually another really interesting thing right now. It's all over the place. You can't even talk about it because it's just all over the place. Before we before we take a break, I do want to talk about the the hot topic, trendy topic now. What is Jimmy G going to get paid? Oh, it's me 25? Yeah, I say 25. It looks worth it. Sure. Why not? They have money. Uh, they, they're going to have 100 million. So, yeah, do it. Let's, let's do it. Who cares? I want to pay him, and then let's get a receiver and get some get some guards. And... He, he recently turned 26 years old. Yeah, he's, he's a, still a baby. Five years, 25 million per, three and a half of those years guaranteed. Yeah. I, I think he signs that. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I would. Yeah, I mean, who the fuck and I, I know I've said this before on the show. He wanted to go to San Francisco. Like, this was one of the spots where it was, okay, this is a fit for me. Just no one ever thought he would get out of New England. Our understanding was that Bill kind of facilitated. Yes. Where do you want to go? Yeah, that's how much he loved you. Yeah, we're not going to trade you to Cleveland. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. They would not have done that. Yeah. For the, and I, that's another thing I see often, too, is a lot of fan bases are upset. And they say, you know, how did this guy get traded for a second-round pick? Because you're going to lose him for nothing. They, well, and also, the, you know, Bill did, it does seem like he was given some kind of say in where he went. Like, they weren't going to yeah. send him to the Browns. They weren't going to send him to the Jets. Could right. you imagine if he went to the Jets and then beat the Patriots for how many? That yeah, wasn't going to happen. That's not going to happen. They no. knew how good this guy was. And yeah. now you ship him all the way across the country. Yeah, get out of here. Other conference. And if anyone has good relationships in the NFL, I think it's safe to say both John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan do. Yes. And that goes back to something we always talk about is relationships matter in the NFL. Yeah, they do. And that Absolutely do. Partially, Just being able to pick up the phone and call and say, hey. And that's a big reason why Sashi Brown failed. Yeah, he's an outsider. Yeah, it's it's a tough business. Simple as that. Right on. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back with Marshawn Lattimore. I'm excited to ask him where he's going to put his trophy when he wins uh, Rookie of the Year. Me too. Yeah, or where we're celebrating when he went through the That's year. That's right. I mean, it's so. a lock. So it, it should be. And then we'll close it out with some draft on draft. All right, guys, we are thrilled to be joined by an amazing guest today, a guy that Connor and I both loved last year in the draft, and somebody who. We rarely could say that somebody's drafted and they immediately turn around, not just their like unit, but the side of the ball that they're on. But Marshawn Lattimore, the New Orleans Saints corner, has been locked down this year. So thanks to the folks at Gillette for getting you on with us, Marshawn. But man, you, I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but you are the favorite to be the defensive rookie of the year. Where are you going to put that trophy when you get it home? So, Marshawn, it's obviously been a crazy year. You've really shaded a ton of number one wide receivers. Who would you say is the toughest guy you've faced this year so far in the NFL? Uh, the best receiver in the league, Julio uh, Jones. Uh, Stand up with him. I like Devontae Adams, too. I like his guy. Uh, Every receiver is talent that was going against those guys. They're pros, too, just like just like me. Uh, so, you know, every receiver I go against, you know, is a talent for me. And you know, I just have to step up to that talent. Now, you mentioned Julio there, and that's a good one because he's he's so rare in terms of size and speed and technique. How do you... How do you match up with someone like that? Because there is no corner that's, you know, 6'3", 225 and runs like Julio. So, even though you are... You know, prototypical size for a corner. 
and, and have good speed, how do you match up with somebody that's a freak like that? You just have to be competitive. You know, that's all what it, what it comes down to, just uh, being competitive and make sure he, he doesn't catch the ball. And even if he does, even if he does catch the ball, you know, you have to uh, you know, tackle, you know, be right there, you know, to, uh, or be in position to make a play. But, you know, he, he's a rare, he's a rare uh, human being, you know, a rare uh, football player, you know, as at receiver. So, you know, you just have to be competitive with, with, uh, with guys like that. I mean, and that's really what it boils down to, I feel like, you know, for me. Now, you were obviously on some great Ohio State teams, a part of some great defenses, and you were really the front man along with Malik Hooker, it felt like, at times last year. And now with the Saints, your first year in the NFL, you might be on the team that's the favorite to win the NFC. What makes this team so special right now in comparison to other teams you've played on in the past? Every time I played on, uh, you know, we had that brotherhood. Even coming from high school, you know, we, uh, you know, we went to state to high school because we, we we was together because we were like eight years old. And, you know, at Ohio State, you know, everybody just buys into you know being brothers, you know, uh, just like that. That's that's really what it what goes down to. You know, when we were on the field, you know, we had to make sure you know we have each other back, and that's what helped us play. You know, the way we're playing right now uh, with the Saints. Uh, you know, the first two games, we, we didn't really, we haven't been at war with each other yet, so we, we weren't communicating. You know, just little things like that, even celebrating with each other. You know, I, I looked at that because, you know, at Ohio State, that's all we did, you know, we celebrate with each other. So I addressed that uh, in the DB room and, you know, just a uh, period. And, uh, I mean, now, you know, you see us taking group celebration uh, pictures, and, you know, just things like that. Just little things like that helps everybody play better. So obviously you've gotten into a situation where you've you've not only been under a great coach in Sean Payton, but you've also been across the field in practice against a great quarterback in Drew Brees. Coming into like training camp and just this year in general, what's one thing you learned about Drew Brees that you didn't really expect going in? Uh, I really expect everything that I that I've gotten from uh, Drew Brees. You know, an incredible leader. You know, he uh, he takes control of, of the team. Um, when need be, or just just period. And, um, no, I, I really expected everything. You know, I'm getting from uh, two periods. So I mean, nothing really no surprised me. Uh, just just for me on the outside looking in. Uh, before I got here, you know, I, I kind of figured you know he was the type of leader he he is right now. And uh, I mean, nothing really surprised me about him. Yeah, so you mentioned Breeze, and you know you're playing in a, in a division with a lot of really good quarterbacks, with you know, Cam Newton and Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston. Who's on your quarterback bucket list to pick off, though? Do you got you got that one guy you want to get a ball from? Tom Brady, of course. <laughs> we get that <laughs> answer a lot. Yeah, we do. <laughs> one of the greatest, you know, the one of the greatest right now. So, of course, it's Tom Brady. You know, I want to against the best, you know, and play good against the best. All right, uh, Marshawn, Gillette was kind enough to give you some time with us today. Uh, before we get to our last round of questions that are kind of rapid fire, uh, tell us, what are you and your father uh, working on with Gillette right now? Uh, we're just working on, you know, just me seeing the, my first you know, NFL game through his eyes. You know, just uh, seeing, like, everything that's going on from uh, his perspective, you know, and just... Being being able to be with him, you know, from my uh, my first save, you know, to my first game, you know, just, just things like that. You know, it's uh, it's great just having him here with me because he's been with me uh, through it all. So, you know, just being able to share this moment with him, you know, it's great. All right, so one thing we do with every guest is we run them through five questions called the gauntlet. You know, we tally up everyone's answers. The first question is, if you have one, what's your favorite beer, cocktail, soft drink? Any of the three. Strawberry lemonade. Okay. <laughs> that's a first for us. That is. That sounds delicious, though. What's one game that none of your friends can beat you at, whether it's Madden, FIFA, 2K, any outdoor games, or if you play another sport? Uh, other than football? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Know, we know you're fine in that. <laughs> Boxing, any boxing game can't be. Okay. Oh, no. Did you box? Did you box growing up or anything? Oh, uh, my father. Yeah, he know a little bit. Whew. We've had, we haven't had anyone say that one yet. That's <laughs> that's intense. All right. Okay. So we got a scenario for you. 
you're stranded on a deserted island and you can have one person there with you, but like it can't be like, you know, your girlfriend or fiance or anyone like that. Um, who would you want there with you? <laughs> that's the that's, most popular one. That is. That's two in a row for her. Yeah. And I think she's got like five now overall. So <laughs> Rihanna's the the chosen one there. All right. Last question. This is our biggest poll yet. On a hot dog, do you put ketchup or mustard on it? Or maybe barbecue sauce, because apparently Demarius Randall, that's his go-to. Barbecue sauce, yeah, for sure. Oh. Barbecue sauce on like, yeah. God, we didn't get that for like 30 in a row. Now we got it back-to-back I weeks. I gotta, we have to try this, man. That's the only thing that, that we need to do now. There we go. Marshawn, thanks a lot for the time. Congratulations so far on what's been a great season, and we can't wait to watch how it plays out going forward. But we do appreciate the time with you today. Yeah, good luck, man. A big thanks to Marshawn Lattimore for joining us this week. He's going to take home that Defensive Rookie of the Year hardware. It's been an awesome year for the Saints. He's really single-handedly turned around that defense. So oh, yeah. It's pretty sweet to have him on. We've yeah. had a nice, uh, a good run here. We have. We've had a great run of guests. I don't want to jinx. Is next week's booked? Can we say it? Yeah, we could say it. There's rumors. There's rumors. It's yes. not confirmed. There's rumors that Deion Sanders is joining us next week. Which is going to be a little awkward because I'm not the it's, biggest fan. It's not Matt's favorite player, and Matt's going to be running it. It's going to be... Which is funny because we were just talking off air about uh, someone called me a bandwagon Niners fan. And when I was a kid, I had a Dion Niners jersey. I think you need to send them... I'll find photos. Picture and be like, oh, am I? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's all I'm going to talk to Dion about, too, is the Niners and baseball. Oh, he'll love that, though, because yeah. everybody just talks about today's game. I think yeah. just run it back. We're just going to go deep into the memories. Back yeah. when I liked him. And also ask him... Uh, you know, how does it feel to, you know, be the second best corner of all time behind Darrell Revis? Oh, well, he might be behind Charles Woodson, <laughs> just, too. He's probably the third best, then, if that's where we're going. Yeah. No, it's going to be really cool. So hopefully that one, it sounds like that's going to yeah. happen. I'm going to ask him how it felt that one time he tackled someone. <sighs> and we're just ripping <laughs> and he's going to hang gonna up. Come, he's not going to come on the, he's not gonna come on the <laughs> like, show fuck now. fuck you guys. Yeah. Oh, how expensive is Botox? I'm going to ask him all these good questions. <laughs> well, that that not even canceled now. <laughs> but what's not canceled is it's time for Draft on Draft. This is the last show we're doing together from New York City this year. Oh, God, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. almost 2018 now. Next time we'll be together, it'll be in Mobile. We'll be all band with the whole crew. Oh, my That's God. That's confirmed. It's going to be me, Matt, Mello, Kennedy. We're going to have Dan there. We're going to have producer Dan potentially there. Oh God, it's Our buddy Adam, who always joins us. Our buddy they're, Tom, who shoots all of our They're awesome not ready footage. for us. I can guarantee that. No, no they're not. That's going to be wild. I almost slipped up and said the name of my hotel. It was be like, I hope that place is ready, but I don't want to do that. No. And then they'll be like, hey, we don't, I don't know if we can have you here. I need the fire alarm pulled or something. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. But let's knock out draft on drafts. We got a lot of questions this week. I tried to get as many of them booked in the rundown as I can. If we do miss it, Send it again the next week or follow the Instagram and comment on the latest picture of the show. Yep. And that's the quickest way for us to see it. So let's not waste any time. This one from Wes Shear. Wes is hashtag mad about what a catch is. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the reverse call on Jesse James? Listen, I am mad about the reverse call, but I'm more mad that this is the NFL rule book. I, I think he called it right. They called it right. The refs are getting absolutely fucked by the it's, league yeah, rule book right now. Doing what they're supposed to Everyone be. goes, fuck these refs. The refs suck. It's not. The, the refs have to follow a rule book given to them by the NFL. It's a dumb. Right. The old rule was the ball crosses the plane. And once it breaks the plane, it's a touchdown. touchdown. Now you have to... What is it? What do they always say? You have say? to like control it through the process, make uh, a football move. Finish. It's like you have to finish the catch, complete, Com- complete the ground yeah. landing of the catch. It's insane. We landed a mo- people on the moon easier than we know what a catch is now. Yeah. I have no clue. I, it was a shitty way. I don't even tweet anymore when it's like controversial. It's you know, have no you ever, way. if you're on Twitter when that happens and you follow a lot of football people, it's like, oh, it's a catch. It's not a catch. Yeah. No, it's a catch. And then Don't you get fucking angry know. fans, you get the what is a catch crowd, you get the I'm mad with you too, Wes, but be mad at the NFL's rule, yes, not the rule not the ref's fault. Not the ruling. Yeah. It's the rule itself that's broken. And they need it's to a very look good at point. They have to look at it. It's amazing how uh, I mean, it's not amazing because how many people actually read the rule book, but it's a rule book problem and not a lot of people realize that. Yeah, and I also love chaos, so I think oh, it's great. Maybe that's why they do it. Yeah. 
the drama of it. Oh God. I mean, yeah. Damian Woody said it best yesterday. He was like, "This, the NFL is the best drama on TV. Oh, it's the best like reality that. show. Yeah, ever. it's amazing. I've told you before that we asked Roger Goodell why they don't usually like put a chip in the ball for first downs, and he said that it was because they want the drama of those guys walking out on the field with the chains. Because it's like you hold your breath. John Lynch tweeted about that yesterday. Did he? He said, uh, "You know, I'm I'm one I'm old school, but I think we should have a chip in the ball by now." And there you yeah. go, guys. Matt That's has why your you answer don't. of why you don't. And you get the old index card. Right? Yeah. Which, uh, at babyjoker2312 asked us, what do we think? What do you think of the first down decided by an index card? Is this the 21st century? I'm going to be completely honest and say that I was not feeling great all day yesterday. And I fell asleep at like 9.15. I completely missed it. Yeah, well, we were also... Stick to football Christmas party was Saturday night. Uh, yeah, we were also out Saturday and then at work very early in the morning Sunday watching all of the games working right up until the night game because we don't cover the night game anymore here. Um, I, I thought to my hotel and went to sleep. Yeah, I was keeping <laughs> up with it on, you know, obviously online and everything and just, I mean, listen, it's ridiculous and I think we just kind of answered the question before asking it. There should be a chip in the ball, but... The league likes stuff like this for whatever reason. Oh, they do. They like they they love the drama. They know that reality and suspense sell. So yeah, I mean, I, yeah, of course it's crazy that a ref got out a fucking index card. And, yes, but this oh, goes, there's a gap. This goes back to this is like really out of, like this is way out there. But one of the things was when when Drake came out with the song Hotline Bling, his team knew that the way the music video was set up would make it an internet meme and sensation. Yeah. I feel like the NFL, in a way... They want those pictures the on Twitter. The screenshots on Twitter of the index card is all you'll see yeah. for 24 hours straight. It's the same thing where... They dominate the... There's I don't... There's nothing, no other sport, hockey right now, but... Yes. No one would care because it's all about, well, oh, shit, no, there's NBA. Hockey, but yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't, which, I don't also, <laughs> which also owns the internet. But the point is... It's organic ways to yeah. own the internet. It's yeah. you know, Music artists do it, and sports leagues do it, and I would argue they do it the best, those two. We need to have Stick to Football do it. Yeah, we'll find a way. Yeah, we'll come up with something. All right, next one from Charlie Johansson, at Charlie the Crazy. What is the most dominating single-game performance by a single player in CFB this year? Oh, wow. wow. That's, that's really good. It's really specific. Uh, Geis, I was just looking up. Destroyed Ole Miss. Yep, like, that was the one again, I was going right? to. Oh no, Fournette destroyed them last year. Geis, Geis massacred Ole Miss, and it was his first game back from injury. Yeah, that's the one that comes to mind for me. Um, obviously, two seventy six. Yeah, he he throttled. Yeah, throttled them. Yeah, that's a good one. I thought, ba- I thought the Baker Kansas game was hilarious. Yeah, and I he, mean he, like didn't, he didn't even play the whole game. He didn't have to play the whole game. Baker versus Ohio, Ohio State, State was, was a, a really good one. good one. Yeah, there's not that like standout. There's not Khalil Mack against Ohio State. I was gonna say I'm sure there's like something statistically that we miss, but games that you watch live, those are ones we didn't have to look it up because me and Matt, me and Matt don't read the questions before. Yeah, yeah, no, there's like, no the, prep. the answers for draft on draft are never predetermined, or, or we actually usually. Obviously, have Kennedy on, and she has all the questions. Right. Kennedy had something to do today, so we decided to read them ourselves, but they were all in the rundown from her. Shit, here's a good one. Baker against Oklahoma State. He went 24-36 for 598, five TDs. He did throw two picks. I mean, he almost threw for 600 yards, though. That's fucking insane. There's your answer. That's it. Yeah. Whew. That Man. is Baker something. Then I have to look at the Texas game and cry a little bit. All right. Here's one that... Uh, Kennedy put in the notes, this is such a stick-to-football Friday question, and it really is. Jonathan Dugan at Dugan Football asked, how do you get your wife to be interested in football? Do you want her to be? I, this is my, I always take have the same take every time. Yeah, you want your safe space, right? This is my... 100%. The last, I would say, like three girls I've dated have zero interest in football. And at first, they always try to be nice and act like they care about my career and ask me, and I'm like, I don't care if you don't like football because right. football is 99% of my life. In t- you know what I mean? Like, if you do want your wife interested in football, uh, have her play fantasy. Have her put, that's a big one. Or gamble. Fantasy football is probably the best way because, because then she doesn't have to follow teams, she doesn't have to learn. Like, no. If it's not organic, if she just doesn't like love the game, like, I know some girls who 
legitimately love football and yes. that's fucking awesome. But if you're just trying to get someone like, like my girlfriend doesn't care about football. She'll watch because she's supportive. If I were ever going to try to like make it where it was a thing, I would just have her play fantasy. 100%. Because then you have to worry about 12 players. Yeah, and I mean, I know some girls that are awesome at fantasy football. Like they, yeah. There's girls in this office yes, who will whip your ass to fantasy that football. That is 100% yeah. correct. I think that or buy them their favorite team's clothes because girls just, yeah. like, they will and always wear the apparel. You know that's going to be a turnoff for you that she's wearing your team's clothes. Yeah, but I always I always date either Giants or Pats fans uh, somehow. I, I Like a, a so, retro Tom Brady jersey on a chick, though. No, thanks. It looks good. No, nah, it, it should be good. Jimmy G Niners. See, yeah. <laughs> I have a theory, like, Texas orange on a girl. Like, there's that's your few thing? things hotter. If you have on, like, <laughs> cowboy boots and, like, a Texas, like, sundress. We're getting Midwest Matt right Whew. now. Midwest Man. Matt. So, yeah. and you have Shinerbach in your hands. Yeah, well, yeah. That, now we're talking. I'm Jonathan, on one knee. <laughs> we're trying to help you out to get your wife interested in football, but I say enjoy your enjoy your time yeah. to yourself. It is nice to be like, hey, this is my thing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Or like like we went Mello and I went last week and tailgated. Um I think that's a great way. Like, hey, like let's just go tailgate. You can like let's just go party. Super fun atmosphere. Yeah. Especially when it's not freezing out. It was pretty cold last Yeah, that's week. how you that's how you lose yeah. chicks real quick. I, I forgot to talk about this on the show. I actually caught my hand on fire and lost like a North Face glove. Are you Bill's Mafia? <laughs> no, it was not that bad. No, it was just um we we were being idiots and cooked bacon on a grill. That doesn't work. And the grease. Yeah. And it, yep. I mean it can, but you We went we put it in a, a skillet. It got, it got a lot better. Delicious. It was it was good. We need to bring you back out for a tailgate. I am there. The next one from Kent Swanson. Do you weigh your big board ratings on positional value? Uh, I don't. I don't anymore. I used to make that mistake years ago. Yeah, I, I think for what we do where you're just trying to give like a 1 to 300 ranking, you don't have to. So I guess I, I should clarify and say I, I will split ties that way. Like if I have, like if I had Josh Rosen and Saquon Barkley and Minka Fitzpatrick graded the same, and I don't, but if I did, I would put Rosen at the top. And that then I would sense. put Minka and then I would put Quentin Nelson. So, like, I'll tie break by positional value. That makes sense. But as far as, like, you know, I'm not going to jump a quarterback over a guard just because he's a quarterback. Yeah. Teams might do that when they pick, but I'm not going to do it Oh, the rankings. NFL most definitely does that, but that doesn't mean that they had a higher grade on the player. Yeah. Ken Swanson. I think I follow him on Twitter. He's a good dude. All right. Chris Whelan, uh, he asks us questions, I think, every week. He's great. This is an amazing question, yeah. too. Who would the New York Giants take number two overall if Cleveland takes Rosen and Darnold stays in school? Wow. Well, we talked about earlier that we think that's going to be a rebuild there. So you could go, you could go Saquon Barkley. I would say if they weren't in the same division as Washington, I would say they would trade the pick for Cousins. But the, oh, Washington yeah. will never do that. No. And that's a that's a big, big spend. It's, it's big not expense. ideal. It's this is your worst case scenario if you're the Giants. Yeah. Because I know what I would do. I would take Baker would take Mayfield. Mayfield. Yeah. The Giants, I don't think will do that. And no. it's hard to say because we don't know who's making the pick. But Exactly. The, the Giants just don't strike me as a franchise that would do that. And if you can't take Darnold, you can't take Rosen. I mean, it would be wild to take Josh Allen at number two. I think you have to just go best player. It's going to be interesting to see if they're sentimental about Eli. Or if whoever they bring in can look at this from like a purely football standpoint, right now, and say, this is not the guy. Or is he the guy? You know, like, they, they are going to have to make a decision about Eli, and I'm curious to see, like you said, we don't know who they're bringing in. Like, if they bring in Dave Gettleman, Eli probably stays. Well, if they bring someone in, that's exactly right, because the relationship I, there. I would not like that hire, by the way. No, I'm I am very vocal about that not yeah. being the right move. That just seems like a very uh, stuck-in-place hire to yep. me, not a progressive hire. So that's a great question, and I, I hope we give you some kind of answer, a little bit of answer what we would do, a little bit of answer what they probably do. I never rule out O-line with the Giants, too. Now, I know that's been a disaster for them, but I think it's such a glaring need that I think at the top of this draft, if they're in such a scramble, I mean, maybe we see Quentin Nelson floated up. I know it's insane to take a guard number two overall. Insane. It but, is. But, I mean, this is not a great draft, and he's a great player, and it's a great need. So... We'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. The next one from Mike Esquired at Manhattan Night. Who are 
Your favorite left tackle prospects, not named Connor Williams, and what do you think of Brian O'Neill of Pitt? I was going to say Brian O'Neill might be one of them. Okay. Um, Tyrell Crosby at Oregon would be another. I think Mike McGlinchey is a right tackle. Did was O'Neill uh, who declared earlier yeah, in a city out declared. the bowl game? That's yep. right. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, I saw an early declaration so from them that I, wasn't. I like both those guys. I don't think Orlando Brown is a left tackle. No, I, I don't actually think don't think Orlando Brown's any good. Yeah, it's interesting how he's consistently mocked in the first round of everyone's mock drafts. Yeah, and it's one of those things like I think will probably happen, but I don't. I don't love it. But I do like uh, Brian O'Neill a lot. I think he has a good blend of like, power and athleticism. I, I and I do think he's. A left tackle. He's probably a second-round pick, but um, I do like him. I still like McGlinchey for what he is. You like him on the left or the right? I like him better on the right, but, yeah. I I mean, I, you know I say this name every week. I think Desmond Harrison's a really good left tackle. Yeah. I just don't. Th- I think he can be a good left tackle. I know he's, I think he's played on both sides for them since transferring from Texas, um, but it's just a character concern with him. It's nothing on the field. Yeah. So, and he's another guy that's probably late day, too, because of the character concerns. So, I would think so. Yeah, there's names be. in this draft at left tackle, at offensive line in general. It's just they all kind of have yeah, their Martinez own Martinez Rankin. Yes, that was the other one I was thinking. Yeah. Senior Bowl have a couple of good players. Yeah, so absolutely will. Um, the next question from Kyle Hedgespeth. Who are the people who influenced how you watch prospects? Oh, dang, that's a good question. Um, I've told this story a lot. But when I was at high school, I realized pretty quickly I wasn't going to Playing the NFL, you're not Wes Walker. No, it was before that, so yeah. it wasn't even an option, you know. Like, um, and so I, I started just begging my coaches, you know, like just teach me, teach me, teach me. And I, I've always made this joke, and it's actually a true story. I remember one game my sophomore year, and head coach is like, "What do you, what do you think we should do here?" And I was like, oh, let's, let's do this." And I'm like, "I'm gonna pat it out, like I'm playing in yeah, the game." Yeah, of course. It's like, uh, why don't we do this? And he sends my best friend to run the play instead of me because we play the same position. So, and like, even my my high school coaches realized that like I was a better a better coach in high school than I was a player. Uh, even in high school baseball, uh, our head coach was our offense coordinator of football. So our baseball head coach used to say all the time, like, if I ever get kicked out, Miller's the coach. You know, so it was like they knew. So those guys taught me a ton, and then. I, I'm incredibly self-taught when it comes to, you know, I, I have a list of, of books that I've published out there that I just, I've read a lot and I ask a ton of questions. So, you know, like Bill Polian was incredible to me when I was young. Charlie Casterly was, Michael Lombardi was, like way before Bleacher Report. Like, yep. th- those guys actually took time to help me and, and they would answer my emails and answer my calls and things like that. So they helped me out. I, I think reading is one of the most underrated ways of learning about football because there are so many good books out there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously the guy sitting next to me, Matt's been a huge help to me. You know, we watch football together a million times a year, it feels like yeah. now, because you're in New York all the time. So that's been a huge help. Working on the NFL Draft 400 last year was a huge help because that was a million scouting reports. And <laughs> he, I got questions all the time. Uh, a couple of people that I unfortunately, you know, can't name, but in the league have have definitely helped me. Yeah. Because they'll see you put an opinion on a player. And those people are really good where... They're not like, hey, you're stupid, you're wrong. They're like, hey, this is why you're probably wrong. Yeah. And usually they're right. Yeah, and I, I should, you know, echo that. Um, you know, there's one that I'm thinking of that I can't name that I'm sure yep. you're thinking of that, you know, we have some heated back and forth sometimes about players. Sometimes always. Uh, sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm right. And But it just, I think it's important to open up your mind to, to be able to think differently about, not just go in and say, this is how you do it. Because it's, uh, every player is different. And it, it's a process where you're, constantly growing um the other people in media the guys at nfl network are actually awesome like uh, daniel jeremiah has never turned away a question from me ever yeah. uh, and he's busy like he's an incredibly busy guy lance airline is great at o-line stuff like and i'm very open about o-line as a weakness for me and and so being able to just talk through things to someone who's lived it is a lot different yeah, LaCharles. Yeah, LaCharles Bentley's great. When uh, you went out to yeah. the, the O-Line Academy. I went out there last summer and learned that was super cool. so much in two days. If you seek help, there's a lot of people that will offer it. Yeah, if you just, like, come at it from a, hey, I want to learn, and not, you know, so many people, especially, like, you know, like, Connor and I get so many tweets and things where people are just assholes, so it's refreshing to get someone who's like, hey, I'm trying to learn. Now, I might not have time to read a 10,000-word article, but yeah, I'll, you, I'll answer your questions. Yeah. Uh, people are usually, I will say that if you have questions, people are more often than not very helpful. Um, okay. This next one from JP, JP Onzo five. 
What head coaching positions could become available this offseason? Jets, Bears, Cardinals, Bucks. Who would you think the top head coaching candidates for these coaching jobs are? Um, I'm pulling up, I have a list that I keep on my computer of this. Actually. While you're looking at that, I'll tell you, I think my gut is that the Jets job will not be available. I think you Todd got players stays. coming out saying that they want Todd. Yeah, back. they're fighting for Todd. Uh, I am very skeptical of Todd being the guy, but I'll leave it. I don't have to go too long on that. I do think the Bears' job opens up. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals' job, I actually do think opens up because I think Bruce will. He keeps denying it, but I think Arians might retire after this year. Yeah. For various reasons it. that yeah. you know, and the Bucks' job, I mean, has to. Oof. Yeah, that's got to open so up. So I went Colts, Bears. Uh, next is Cleveland, probably. There's a good chance. I know they've they keep saying it, saying well, it but, but I, I think he might even get moved to yeah. the Bengals. Uh, Houston, I think it's a low-key one to watch. Uh, There's been problems there yep. for a while, Cincinnati, no matter how good he's coached right. his ass off when he can. Cincinnati's an obvious one, and the Giants have already opened up. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's probably it. Oakland would be another one that wouldn't surprise me because they've just fallen apart. And the, it seems like it's just archaic. There. The problem there is I don't know how much Jack Del Rio has left on his contract, but I know Mark Davis won't pay it out. Okay. So you have to, like, almost wait. He signed a four-year extension in this yeah, year, he 2017. Just, he just did. Probably not going anywhere. Ugh, Raiders fans don't want to hear that. No, nope. Sorry, guys. Staff's been a nightmare. Yeah. Now, candidates... Oh, I mean, like Josh McDaniels, Dave Taub, Bill O'Brien would get a job yep. real fast if uh, he got let go. Nagy from the Chiefs, the Nagy offensive the Chiefs. coordinator. He's, and it might be a year. But. It might take a little longer, but yeah. I think he's a good play caller. Um, he's you know yeah. really stepped up since he had to take over the plays. Yeah, Matt Patricia, Jim Schwartz. Those are probably the top ones. What about um, from uh, Austin from Detroit. The defense. Oh, I don't. He I, interviews every year. Yeah, I, I think some of that is because teams have to interview a minority. Yeah. But then you see, like, I, you see Anthony Lynn and Vance Joseph get jobs before him, and I'm yeah. not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's interesting how long Terrell Austin has been in that circle and not get a yeah, job. Yeah, that's the one. I I wouldn't be surprised if they clean house there because none of those guys are Bob Quinn's guys. Okay. So so Jim uh, Jim Bob would be on the market then too. Yeah, I don't think he's he's great. not he's not as good as people thought. Yeah. Uh, the how good the, would Josh McDaniels be in Detroit? Oh, with Stafford? Forget it. And Golden Tate? I want to see McDaniels go to Tennessee. Oh, shit, yeah. With Mariota. That's another I one. think, yeah, and they might make the playoffs, so it's going to be hard to do, but I I don't think Malarkey's a good I player. think it's one of those things where you just got to realize it doesn't matter if you're a playoff team or not. You're not a good football team. Yeah, and you're You're, not a, you're not a good coached football team. And your quarterback is regressing, and I'll tell you what, it ain't his fault because he's a fucking hell of a player. I hope so. everyone sees what the value of Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan has been. And they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Good coaching makes it. And maybe Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota need that. Yeah. You're not going to get guys. The Shanahan McVay hires were, like, generational hires. They really were. They were unicorns. Yeah. Like, you can't go out expecting that. And the, I will tell you, the only fear or the main fear teams had was that they were young. There yep. was no other question. Yeah, McVay's 31. It's unreal. Yeah. But, yeah, but man, guess they what? Look good. Sometimes when you have balls, sometimes when you have the balls to make a decision... It works out for you. Yeah, and I, not in any way comparing those guys to Belichick, but remember Belichick, like, Who's, when he took that job in New England, everybody's like, why? It's like, this guy sucked. Yeah, well. Yeah, your Jets Jets are like, god damn it. Yeah, it's amazing. We almost Fun fact, it, some people listening to this podcast might not know this, that Bill Belichick was the coach of the New York Jets for a day mm-hmm. and left to go to New England. I know we have a young demo sometimes. I have, pe- I have people in this office that have said, no way. I'm like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a great story. It's an amazing story. He didn't. He wasn't confident with ownership. It was yeah. before Woody Johnson. And yeah, Leon Parcells re- retired. And it was in Belichick's contract that he would elevate. And he fucking wrote his resignation on a piece of paper, walked up in the press conference and said, I'm out. One day. See ya. Deuces. Oh, <laughs> All right. Last question. From everyone. <laughs> I love that. Eight billion people on the planet all want to know, who do you want to buy the Panthers? Uh, First I, of all, I'm just glad Jerry Richardson's selling the team. Fuck same, that guy. because that guy sucks. What a dirty, creepy old man. Yeah, and he even looks terrifying. When they show him in the press box, he looks like a movie villain. Yes, he does. And yes. So, the whole, the story's disgusting, first off. So, yes, fuck him. The, yeah. Just the, the jeans Friday. How do the girls line up in their jeans? Yeah. 
as so creepy. I'm not even. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Who do I want to buy the? I would like P Diddy to know that they're not the North Carolina Panthers before saying not. he wants yep. to buy them. That yeah. wasn't the best look. They're the it's the, all the Carolinas. I, I I hope I don't know. I hope this isn't like a stunt from P Diddy. Like if you're in, genuinely interested, then go for it. Um, he has the money, is which is what's crazy. I think he has definitely enough money to be to go in on in a majority. It. Yes, yeah. going on a majority. Um, yeah, because the amount of people who actually just have the money is like Bill Gates, Mark oh, Zuckerberg. It's, it's insane. Uh, can we get? Nah, he wouldn't. But they would never let him. But Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban would be great. That's who, that's who I want to buy the Panthers. I would be okay with Donald Trump buying the Panthers and Milton that be his focus. Like, oh, well, get them out like, of the White House? Yeah. Like, ah, I'm going to go do this instead. I'll tell you what. Be happy with as that. As much as I would love to to have him move out of his role now. Um, it would be worse. Bro. Do you know what our lives would be like covering fucking... No, yeah. I do would... know because I have friends who cover him and they hate their lives. There so. you go. The, somebody put Oprah in here. Sure, why not? Let's get a... Uh, she went to buy the Bears back in the day. Uh, listen, a female minority owner would be, be awesome. Would be fantastic for just the a female owner, a female owner in general. And Oprah's fucking rich as hell and cool as shit. Like, yeah, but she's why would she buy something in Carolina? She, I mean, I don't think she's. I don't think she has interest. She's in Charlotte uh, or she's in Chicago. Let's uh, think of some funny owners. I tweeted. I think Peyton Manning should do it. People are like he doesn't have the money. Well, he has enough money. It's like Derek Jeter has. It's the same. It's the same thing. That, that's the guy that is the face of the ownership. It right. doesn't mean that they're the guy with all the money backing it. Who would be funny? I mean, I want. I think Mark Cuban would be my guy for it. But a funny owner, Justin Timberlake, <sighs> that'd be a cool owner. That would be cool. He'd do the halftime show. That's what P did. He said, like he'd do the halftime. Yeah, he show said the halftime week. show would be great. And like, yeah, I don't know. That's easier said than done, though. Owning an NFL team, I can't even think of anyone from like the Carolinas who has like who's an influential person from the Carolinas. I don't know. Maybe it's ignorant. I don't know the answer. I don't I'm very stuck in my northeastern world, so I don't, yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I can't think yeah. of anybody. Well, somebody who owns NASCAR it's, or something. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a long process. It is. Yeah, it's not going to be a quick fix, but get, I that was the right move. It had to be done. Had to be. It didn't turn into an NBA situation with Sterling where he was like forced to sell the Clippers. Right. Yeah. It was like, hey, you fucked up. Get out. Yeah. So That's awesome, and that goes. Sh- I mean, is there ever been more of a admittance of guilt? No, just like I'm gonna also, sell team. Oh, I thought of one. Go ahead, Jerry Jones should buy the Panthers. <laughs> I so it's like you read my mind. I was just looking up this quote. Um, Mina, Ke- I always say her last name wrong. Keemes, Keems. Who? Mina. Oh yeah, I, I don't know either. She's. One I admitted of, last week I'm not good with names. One of my favorite ESPN writers, but she screenshotted a quote from Jerry Jones about it, and he said, I'm saddened by any of the stories or things that might have incited this at this time. This is on um, Jerry Richardson. He's a battler. He's a big man with a big heart. And by the way, that's somebody else's heart. He's had a heart transplant. What? Is there ever been, like, a more out-of-touch quote what? ever? Like, it's not about feeling... Why are we? <laughs> okay. Why are we showing sympathy to a fucking creep? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he's a human being. Yeah, he's still a creep. Yeah. Okay. He's had a heart transplant. Okay. What uh, if that was yeah. your daughter or sister that he was right. doing the shit? Oh, that explains a lot that he's had a heart transplant because he's a heartless. Yeah, he's a movie villain. Scum. He's they they took out a Bond villain. That's exactly what he is. If you haven't seen what he, Google him right now, and you'll be like, oh Jesus Christ, not great, not great. The NFL it's owners. It's been a bad year for the NFL. Very bad for NFL owners. Yeah. Between, uh, was it Bob McNair's awful, yeah, the, the that, whole prison yeah. quotes? And I just want to make sure I just got the right person. I hate Yeah, it was Bob McNair, okay, cool. the inmates running the prison. Which, it's such a old, not in a good way. White. Yeah, rich. <laughs> yeah, it's like country club. Like things you say in the golf locker room, I guess, in the 1950s yeah. is how the NFL is right yeah. now. Th- uh, ne- neither places you and I have been. Golf country club or 1950s. Uh, yep. Yeah, nope. I don't think I've ever been in a country club. If I have, it was like in Missouri, which is not even real. Doesn't country count. club. Yeah, anyone can get in. All right. Well, we missed Kennedy this week. But yeah, she'll be back next week. I think. I don't know what her Christmas plans are. Yeah. It's a college kid. She not have anything going hopefully on. Hopefully she's going home, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys got planned for Friday? Uh, Friday, Mello is at Disney right now. Uh, we're recording this Monday morning, so God willing, they get through Atlanta and go to Disney. Uh, he took his girls to Disney, so it'll be me and Dan, um, which is going to be interesting. It's going to be awesome. It'll be fun. Uh, we're going to, we haven't 
decided yet which team we're going to fix. Um, yeah, but we're going to have fun. We're, we'll do uh, questionable calls. We'll do our top fives. Um, it'll probably be a, a quicker show. Probably try okay. to get in and out because I'm ready to be on holiday. Yeah, it'll be a nice little break. Uh, I actually start vacation as soon as I shut this mic off today until the new year. But so jealous. I'm not really going anywhere, and I honestly have so much work to catch up on in a weird way on vacation that it'll be like a nice relaxing week, but also busy time of year. As it always is. Yeah, it's going to be great, and I guess we won't talk to everyone before Christmas, so... Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. No, not you will Friday, but you and I will not. Yeah, you won't. So, so, yeah. Well, happy so, Hanukkah. I got educated on Hanukkah yesterday by a lot of people in the office, so I appreciated that. So oh. I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I knew what it was, but I didn't know the traditions. The more you know. Yeah. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us. And we'll be back. We still will be back next week for episode 38.